Welcome back to Boca Lead. It is so good to see you on our live stream. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's still a little bit different. Normally there would be 400 people in this room and we so appreciate you joining. This is our third live stream that we've done. Thank you so much for being a part of it. We're so glad that you're here today. If you're just tuning in, this is your first time checking out Boca Lead. Boca Lead exists to raise the bar of character and ethics throughout South Florida and we are so glad that you're here. Leadership is needed now more than ever. And it's so great to see you here today, hear a great talk from Pastor Bill, and hopefully you leave encouraged in your leadership. Normally what we would do at a Boca Lead lunch is that we would have a time of prayer over the food. We're not eating food as a part of our program today. Maybe you're eating lunch right now, but I would still like to pause and pray at this time. God, we thank you for Boca Lead. We thank you for the opportunity for leaders to join throughout our community and around the world as we learn about leadership principles, as we learn how to become better leaders. And we admit that we need leadership and good leaders now more than ever. We look around in the world and we see just so many things going on, so many things going wrong. We seem to have more questions than answers. I pray that you would unify us as one, as a community of people that we would change our perspectives on some things. We pray that with everything going on in the world, that you would guide and direct us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It is so good to have you on our live stream today. And there's some ways that you can participate. The first thing is that at the very end of this live stream, our Boca Lead blog post is going to be live so that all the content that we review today is going to be viewable right afterward at bocalead.com slash takeaways. This is going to be a recap of all the content. There also may be some video clips in there. We would love for you to take a look at that. And if you miss something on the fill in the blanks, or maybe you want to share this with a friend, go to bocalead.com slash takeaways. And as you're watching and interacting, we encourage you grab the handout. Normally we would have them in person, but you can download it and print it so that you can follow along. This was included in the email where you received the link to this stream. You can also get it at bocalead.com if you don't see it in your email. We encourage you download it, print it, and interact with the points. Maybe even circle something that's a takeaway of yours so that you can continue to grow in your leadership. There's an event that we do every single year in August called the Global Leadership Summit. And we are still planning on participating with this event in one way or another. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. August is a long way off, but one thing that we know is that we need leadership now more than ever. If you're anything like me, as a leader, you might be tired. You might need a little bit of encouragement. It's been a long couple of months And we would love to be able to encourage you through the summit. So let's take a look at this quick video to see who some of the speakers are going to be at the 2020 summit.
Summit is a great event that we would love for you to be a part of. It's occurring on August 6th and 7th. And whether it's going to be in person or on a live stream, we would love for you to be a part of it. We know that it's getting difficult to be a leader these days. And there's some practical, actionable steps that you can take in your leadership. We would love for you to be a part of it. Pastor Bill, this is going to be our third year hosting. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we would love for people to be a part of it. Exactly. We have had about 500 for the last two years come to the Global Leadership Summit, and it's been fantastic. I've been to them many years in before and also watched them on video. We're not sure how we're going to do this. We hope we can do it in our building across the street and fill it up, but there may be some social distancing. There may be some other issues out of the camera. We're going to do it one way or the other, either over the internet, through live stream, or for those who can in person. But I would encourage you, as we send out more emails about it, that you participate, that you learn more about it. Many of you have already signed up from a year ago, and we're excited about that. So we'll figure out how this all works, Cameron, because I don't have a clue what's going to happen up until the first week of August, but I think it'll be good. And the event itself will be amazing, and your teams and you need to participate in it. So we look forward to it. Thank you, Cameron. And thank you for being with us today here at Boca Lead. It's June. We've been doing our third live stream at this. It's hard to believe. I wish you were all in the room. I miss you. I see you around town now as we walk, and now we're in a few restaurants occasionally, and I see many of you. It's good to greet you. Thank you for coming up and saying hi, and I hope you're doing well. I hope your business is doing well. I hope your family is doing well and all the things that surround us. The last two weeks have been very difficult, and if not enough difficulty with the virus and the economic issues and some of the humanitarian issues that are going around our country, even around the world, and now uh, the social issues that are occurring. But I want you to know that we at Boca Lead and we at Boca Community Church believe in loving our neighbor. We believe in connecting with people of all races, and we connect and we stand with our brothers and sisters during this time. Even though we are separated because of the distancing, please know that our hearts and our prayers are with you and with our entire country as we walk through the things we are walking through. Now, over the last few months, we have been talking about a subject that has four parts to it, heart, smarts, spine, and soul. Heart, smarts, spine, and soul. And the last one is today, because this is our last uh, Boca lead until summer is over in August and September, we'll begin them back up. And today we're talking about soul, which is so appropriate, but I don't want to talk about the big subject of soul and understanding the soul of your business and the soul of your teams. It's much too big right now. I want to hone into a couple particular things that I think can help us during this time. And so the word I'm going to use under the concept of soul is the word resilience. Resilience. And I have a definition here of resilience. Resilience is knowing how to cope, knowing how to cope in spite of setbacks, barriers, limited resource. It is a measure of how much you want something and how much you are willing and able to overcome the obstacles to get it. We have a lot of obstacles ahead of us. We have a lot of issues ahead of us. We've been going through a lot of issues. And I think, as I've said in the past two months, we are just at the beginning of this. 
Now, there was an article written a couple of months ago, just about a week after this began, by a futurist named Andy Crouch. And Andy asked this question. He said, is what we're going through a storm, a blizzard, a winter, or an ice age? And originally, I thought those of us in South Florida were used to hurricanes and storms, although it's more of a winter storm. He was relating it to snow. First of all, we thought, well, maybe it's just a storm. It lasts a couple of days. Well, that didn't happen. Maybe it's a blizzard that lasts a week or two. Well, that didn't happen. Maybe it's the winter, and it lasts months. And that's what we talked about the last time we met together in May. Or maybe it's going to last much longer. I don't know, but I know this, that we are here to help you navigate through the issues that are ahead. Now, for me to introduce what I'm going to talk about on resilience and soul today, I want to take you back to your ninth grade high school American history class. Can I do that? You're back in ninth grade, and the teacher has just gotten done with the Revolutionary War, and Thomas Jefferson is now president. It's the early 1800s, and Thomas Jefferson wants to find a way across the land and through the rivers to get from the east coast of the United States to the Pacific Ocean. You may not know this, but in 1804, to get to the Pacific Ocean from the eastern seaboard of the United States, you had one of two ways. One is you actually took a ship all the way around South America and came all the way back up the western side of South America through Mexico and then into the Californias or Oregon or what was now Washington State. It would take about three months. Or you could take the shorter route, which was go down by ship to Panama, go through the um, yellow fever-infested jungle of the Panama Isthmus, get to the other side, pick up one of those ships, and it would only take you two and a half months. It was either 10 weeks or 12 weeks to do something that it right now takes us about five hours to do. It's hard to believe. He wanted to make it faster. So he got two men together in a group of about 35 men. Their name was Lewis and Clark. And he said, find a way from here, which was Virginia at the time, all the way to the Pacific, or what we would think of as Oregon now. And he said, do it. So they started their expedition in Missouri and started on the Missouri River, and they took canoes, and they canoed up the Missouri River northwesterly in that way against the currents up that way to Montana, and in 18 months, think about it, 18 months, they found the end of the Missouri River in Montana. They found the spring where it ended. Now, they knew there was a river over there, and it had already been called the Columbia River. And so they assumed when they got over the little hill on the other side of this spring that there'd be another spring and the beginning of the Columbia River, and they could just canoe down to the Pacific. Well, when they crossed the little knoll, the little hill, this is what they saw. They saw mountains. They saw what are now called the Rocky Mountains. No one of the 35 except one had ever seen the Rocky Mountains. They knew nothing of the Rocky Mountains. And so they said, oh, we have mountains. The only mountains that they were familiar with were the Appalachian Mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, the Shenandoah Valley. And so they said, how are we going to cross 
these mountains with these canoes. And an argument set out, and the argument was this, do we carry the canoes? And they all agreed they should carry the canoes because you can backpack across some of the Appalachian hills and valleys. And they thought, we got, we're strong. We can just put those guys, those canoes on our back, and we will cross. And there was one lady, Sacagawea, who said, if you do it, you will die. And can I tell you, if they had done that, they would have died, and we would never have heard of, Will, of Lewis and Clark. They would have been just one more expedition that died in the mountains. But she was able to take them to the Shoshone Indians and with them find horses. And they took horses across the Rocky Mountains. And then when they got on the other side of the Rocky Mountains, which were hundreds of square miles of mountains they had never seen before, 14,000 feet high peaks, they had only seen three and 4,000 high peaks, and they weren't even peaks, they were more just hills. They got across, it took a long time to get across, but they made it across, and then they got to the other side, and obviously they eventually made it to the Pacific Ocean. But what do we learn from this? It's a great little story. You go, Bill, that's a great story. But what do we learn? Can I give you a couple thoughts on this? First of all, the things ahead of you are different than those behind you. We need to understand that as we see the mountains, we see the issues that are ahead of us, we go, oh, I went through the recession 12 years ago. Oh, I was through through the recession of 1990 to 92. And some of you older ones were through the recession of the early 1980s. You go, we can get through this. It's just one more of the same. Well, the reality is that the thing we're looking in front of us is very different than what is behind us. They knew mountains, but they knew the Virginia mountains, not the Rocky Mountains. Number two, and this is very important, They were expert water navigators. They made canoes. They navigated canoes. They could uh, run through the rapids. They could run through small waterfalls. They were fabulous at this. They could portage when they needed to, but they knew nothing about mountain climbing, nothing about trekking through the mountains. So let me ask you a question. Just You have a sheet of paper in front of you. They dropped the canoes and left the canoes. What in your life, what in your business, what in your uh, nonprofit organization, whatever you work on and work for, what is it that is a canoe that will not take you across what we are seeing ahead of us? Write it down. Just go, boy, I don't think this is going to come. I don't think this is going to make it. Write it down. Think about it because we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. Number three, this is so important. You are in the relationship business, whether you know it or not or whether you like it or not. Lewis and Clark thought they were in the business of an expedition. They were in the business of getting from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. But when the crisis came, They were no longer in the business of getting to Pacific Ocean. Yes, they were ultimately in that, but they had to do it through people. There were decisions that had to be made that they had no idea needed to be made when they started out. But when they made those decisions or when they were working on it, 
they had to use the people, the 35 or 36 people, and they used every one of them. How would you do it? How would you do it? What can we do? What can you bring to this? What can we do? And is that is why they made it across. And then finally, and I think this is one of the most important things to learn, and as you're circling some of the key things, this is one of them. When you bring, when you bring the margins of your business into the center, I'll explain what that means in just a minute, it breeds creativity. We're going to come back to Sacagawea. The answer to your future is here. It just may be in the margins of your business. Let me give you an example. 35 men, all highly educated. One of them was educated and worked for Thomas Jefferson himself, one of the smartest men who ever lived in the United States. These were well-educated people, but these people could not take themselves through the mountains. It was a young mother named Sacagawea, who understood the issues, understood how they could get through. And that woman was in the margin. She was there just to serve a very small purpose. The 35 men were there to do the business of the expedition. But when they brought Sacagawea out of the margins into the center, the creativity then began. And we see one of the greatest expeditions in the history of our country occur because the margins were brought into the center. You go, well, how does that work in business? Let me tell you, many of you are in the margins. Let me talk about you who are in the margins. You go, I'm just young. I'm, they don't listen to me. I have some great ideas, but nobody's listening to me. Keep working. Keep diligently working at what you do. Let me give you a thought. A few years ago, when I became the pastor of this church, we were in financial problems. And a man came to me, and it's a long story, but ultimately, he gave us a very large financial gift, much larger than we normally get, and it was fantastic. And he didn't even attend our church. He would come occasionally, lived up north, and would come down and visit occasionally. And so one day after it was all done, I didn't ask him this ahead of time. Once the money was in the bank, everything cleared, I said, why did you do it? Why did you give us this money. Oh, he likes us and likes what we're doing, of course. I said, okay, but why did you give such a big gift? He goes, because I trust you. And I said, sir, you don't even know me. He goes, I know I don't know you, but my son-in-law knows you. And I said, who's your son-in-law? Because a different name. He goes, Bruce. I go, I hear you talking about Bruce, but it was a different last name. He gave me his name. And then I remembered, Bruce was my boss when I was in college. He ran the physical plant of the college, and I helped put myself through college and get spending money by working in the central post office schlepping boxes. And he was over all that. And Bruce told his father-in-law, 30 years later, he said, you can trust that guy because he worked hard when he was 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. Let me tell you, what you do when you're in the margins will affect you when you are in the center. Now, let me tell you, those of you who are in the center of your business and you're going, what should we do? Now is the time to look in the margins of your business, the margins of your employees, the margins of your stakeholders and go, are there people here who can help us in this new setting. And I bet you there are. 
there will be people who will be able to help you. The Sacagaweas of your business that you go, oh, they're just there for a very small purpose, will really become incredible helpers to us. We're already seeing this in our own church. There are people that are stepping up, doing things that four months ago we didn't need or even know we needed or they didn't even know they had the talents to do it. So now, let's look and let me give you some ways and to develop this resilience or to develop this soul, let's move forward. How do we develop this in our team? And I want to give you four things and I'll give you some concluding thoughts. So these four things are based on a pyramid. I got this out of a book called Fix This Next. It was on the bestseller list of business books a few weeks ago. And in it, you'll see two parts. On the bottom, you see sales, profit, and order. What this is, is your business. This is just the core part of what you do. And you go, we don't do sales, we do education. You put the word in there that makes sense to you. You do products, some of you do services. I just have that word. This is where everybody works. This is the day-to-day of your operation. And out of the day-to-day of your operation comes results. If you're a for-profit business, hopefully there's profit. A lot of times there's not profit. If you're a nonprofit, there's other things you're looking for. People's lives to be changed. People's efforts to uh, grow. People to be educated. Whatever you are a part of, you put here. And then the word order means systems. The order is the systems in which how you run your business and you get the results of your business. And then you see the word transformation. You see here is where you need to have people think. They understand the vision of what you're doing. Is there a purpose behind it? Because in that same article that Andy Crouch, the futurist, uh, shared with uh, the whole country, I mean, it was like millions of people looked at this article, he said, when a storm hits, the rock part of your business needs to remain the same. Your vision, your purpose, why you exist needs to be the same. Now, the particulars of what you do and how you make money, and definitely some of our systems, these have been totally changed. I mean, we have a church here, and we have nobody coming to it. Our whole system has changed to online. Many of you, if not all of you, are doing Zoom calls and Google Team calls and all the rest. Your systems have changed. But has your purpose changed? remain the same. And what Andrew Crouch said is that this is the part of business of getting. But you need to move past that. You need to move up here to what are you giving to the community? What is your impact? What is your legacy? And when you can get your team to not just think about these particulars because these particulars come and go, and most of them have gone over the last 12 weeks, and so they change. You get them thinking above this to what is the impact that we're going to have. If you are educators, what is the impact of your education? If you're in the medical field, what is the impact of going on? If you're in architecture and engineering, if you're in a first responder basis, what is the impact? Because everything else is changing. We're wearing masks. We're socially distanced. We can't meet with each other. We're talking on the telephone and on Zoom calls. All that has changed. But we can still have impact and legacy. The key is to get your people thinking in these terms. 
because if they only live down here, they're going to fail. They're going to go, I can't do it. And many people who are stuck in routines think the routine is why you do business, which it's not. It's a means to an end. The means has changed, but the ends should remain the same. So let's look how we do this. So let me give you a couple thoughts. Four thoughts. I've used these words many times. So if you have been with me over the last six years at Boca Lead, if you've ever heard me speak at a seminar or other things, these four words are so important to gain people, to get a soul, to move to transformation, move to impact, move to legacy. Number one, all four are important, so there's not an order. The first one, though, is alignment. Alignment. It's the arrangement of your team and staff and any stakeholders that you might have, your directors, your investors, your vendors. You put the list together around the same simple process. You see, our processes have changed. So now some are thinking of the old, some are thinking of the new. You've had some transitional processes over the 12 weeks that might go away. We have. We have some things we've even been talking about today that we've been doing for the last 12 weeks, but they're not going to outlive this first part of the crisis. Then some will outlive it. You've got to figure out what it is that this simple process is to do the sales, the profit, the order, the impact, and the legacy of your business. It's a meaningful, common purpose that the team has shaped and is moving forward. And here, my friend, is this. Bring some of the outliers, the people of your margin, together. Number two, clarity. You hear me talk about this, and, I, and I'll just give a confession. When I have made my biggest mistakes, it's because I have not been clear. Communication and clarity are the two biggest mistakes leaders make. They don't do enough of it, and they don't do it well. So I put it here because I want us to understand it. Clarity is the ability of the process to be communicated and understood by the people. Specific performance goals that flow from the common uh, purpose. We have to clearly state what we're doing because if people have been with you for three, four, five years, some have been with you for 20 years, and they're used to doing it this way, then you tilt and move a little, and you're doing it differently. Have you clearly defined that? And let me give you three thoughts on clarity. First of all, you got to create clarity. you got to be consistent and create the clarity. Two things in this, and I talk a lot about this in other uh, Boca Leads I have talked You have to work in the business. That's the white section of the uh, pyramid. You're working in the business. That's the day-to-day part of the business. And then you work on the business. That's the gold part. That's the impact and the legacy. You are working on the business to have a larger strategic aspect of what you're doing. I know some of you are saying, we can barely just keep our business afloat. And I get it. And I am with you on that. I'm totally with you, and I understand that. But you have to think beyond the Rockies. You have to think of where you're heading. And you need to create that clarity. And then you need to over-communicate it. And I'm one who says, once I've said it, I think everybody gets it. But, of course, that's not the case. Over-communicate. You are the chief reminding officer. You want to live in the C-suite 
of your business be the chief reminding officer. This is where we're heading. This is how we're doing it. This is what we're doing. Go for it. And then finally, as if I didn't say it enough, reinforce the clarity you created and the clarity you have over-communicated. Reinforce it in all your activities, your responsibilities, your actions, that they coordinate with clear objectives. So important. And again, I stand here to say I have not always done this well. This is so very tough. Number three, focus. Focus. So you have alignment, you have clarity. Okay, this is where we're going. Now, focus is the commitment to abandon those things that don't follow the clear alignment and direction you've taken. It's everything that falls outside of the simple process. Here's what I hope you don't do. I hope you don't pre-March 15th, you have all this that you do, then you've created some new things, now it's going to be August or September, we're getting back to some normalcy, and you just place everything you created on the old, like a, a wedding cake. You have a second story of things. No, you need to decide what you need to keep and what you don't need to keep. What do you need to focus on? And maybe some of the old you're going to keep, some of the new you're going to keep, some of the new you're going to take away, some of the old you're going to take away, and you have aligned it, you have clearly stated it, you have focused it. And then the fourth one, if you don't do this, it's not worth anything, movement. Movement is the sequential steps in the process that cause people to move with you. Okay, another confession. This is the toughest one. I have failed in this many times. You think, oh, you have two or three people beside you and you're moving, and you forget that you're leaving the rest of your people behind. You need to do things and create an atmosphere in your business, in your setting, in your teams that moves everybody along. I think the more you uh, clearly communicate and over-communicate, you start moving people along. And can I say there will be some people that won't move I like it the old way. I want to go back to pre-COVID. Well, don't we all? But it isn't going to happen. You have to move forward. I want to go back to the Appalachian Mountains. Well, why wouldn't you? They're gorgeous. But can I tell you, there's some gorgeous things in the Rocky Mountains, and there's some great things. There were minerals. There was gold. There was silver. There was uranium. There was the Pacific Ocean on the other side. They needed to move forward, and you need to move your people forward with them. Now, again, as we look at this, remember, this is what you do in the day-to-day. This is the bigger picture, working on the business, and you need to have your people transformed to understand both. And if you go, well, what I'm doing is not worth what I'm doing, then you need to change some of these things up here because business is not all about getting. Boca Lead is about that. Business is not all about getting. There is a giving side, and it's not just money. There is a giving into the community that is so important. Now, some closing thoughts. Five closing thoughts, if we could go to them. How do we do this? I'm just going to go through them very quickly. Our time is almost up. Number one, and this goes to my example, collaborative behavior. You cannot be the only one to make the decisions. You can't be up here and just have everybody else. You need to collaborate because I think in your team and in your organization, and if you're a a business of one or two, 
Get with some of your competitors. Get with some of the people that are in your associations and go, what can we do? This is what I did. Last week I got with all the churches and he spoke and we got together. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? How can we do this better? Get with people and collaborate in your behavior. Number two, create a giving culture. Now, if you know me well, this is one of my core values of giving. Open source, not close-handed. Now is the time that when you find something and you create something and you have a good business idea, and I'm not talking about a, a patented idea, I'm just talking about a process, some way of a new system, some way of doing something, share it. Be known as someone who says, hey, I want to help you, I want to help you, I want to help you. Because there's one day when you're going to need help and you're going to want them to help you as well. I mean, just get, get, get doesn't work. You've got to be giving as well. Number three, pick the right team members. And this is important, and I talk a lot about this. Pre-COVID, you might have had the right team. Post-COVID, you might say, I need this kind of player. I, I don't need that kind. And you've got to figure it out. But let me tell you, before you make changes, realize there are people on your team that have talents, abilities, and giftings that you may not be using, that they leave at the door when they walk in every day. And you may say, hey, bring that gifting you have. Bring that ability you have. Bring that talent you have into our business. We want to use it. Number four, support a strong sense of community and relationship. The days are gone when you can do it as a Lone Ranger. If only Lewis went by himself, only Clark went by himself, we would have never heard from him again. This is a community event we are in. Moving through the storm we're moving through or the blizzard or the winter is a community event and you need all the help you can get. And then finally, develop opportunities to do the work of the business. There are many people, and I said this last month, that are just on pause. They've stopped. They're just like, okay, as soon as this gets over, I'll start working again. No, no. Create in your business opportunities for your people to thrive during this time. It is so important to do it. Now, let me close with a story. I shared this a few years ago, but it's a, a fun little story as we close our time. I heard uh, Brad Rex, who's the head, used to be the president of Epcot up in Orlando. And when he was with the Disney organization, a great guy, I've heard him speak many times, and he became the president of Epcot. He said, I want to learn about Epcot, and the only way I want to learn it is actually doing the jobs of everybody who are in Epcot. And so for 30 days, he took 30 different jobs, housekeeping, running one of the rides, entryway, parking lot, and of course there they have uniforms, as you know. They call them costumes, and he would be in these costumes. This is Epcot, not the Magic Kingdom, and he'd be serving in one country or doing something else. One day he was in those white jumper suits with the pink shirts and those little hats, had a broom, and he was doing the housekeeping in front of one of the rides or one of the doors, and his team, the vice presidents, he's now the president of Epcot, for a couple of weeks, his vice presidents are walking through Epcot. And as they're taught, he stood up at attention as people walked by. And his people walked by, stopped in front of him, and had a conversation. And never noticed that it was him behind the uniform. 
His face wasn't uh, covered with any uh, makeup. It was just normal, and he was just in one of those goofy little hats, and they didn't recognize him. The most talented man in the organization was standing there, and they didn't even recognize him. They kept going on, and then that afternoon, he went back in his suit, went back to his office, and saw the team, his team, the vice presidents, and said, hey, I saw you today. They go, oh, no, no, you were working. We were working. He goes, no, you came by this one ride, and you stopped and talked. And they go, oh, yeah, we remember it. And they goes, I was standing just a few feet away. They go, we didn't see you. They didn't see him because they weren't looking for him. You see, you have in your organization, in your nonprofit, in your business, people, men and women that are incredible at things and they're right in front of you, but they're in the margins and you never see them. If you forget everything I say today, remember this, people have value. People have meaning. Young, old, new to your company, been a long time with your company. Meet them. Get to know them. Understand that they may be the ones, like Sacagawea, that will get you not just through the mountains, but get you to the other side of the mountains and do it in a way that will cause you to succeed. And I hope that works for you. Cameron, come on up and give a greeting, and I hope you have a great summer, and maybe we will see you at the Global Leadership Summit in August, and I hope to see you around town. God bless you as you work, as you play, as you worship, as you raise your family during this time. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Bill. It's been great to have you on our live stream. Thank you so much for joining We hope that you'll check out our takeaways. The blog post is now live. Go to bocalib.com slash takeaways. We're taking July off. We hope to see you in August for the Global Leadership Summit. We'll send out an email. We'll send out information so you know how that's going to occur. Thank you so much for being a part of Bocalib this year, and we'll see you in a few months. Have a great day.